Good morning and welcome to Blueprint for Wealth. I'm Wayne Zell, your host of this fast-paced half hour of special topics and special guests designed to help you realize your personal dreams of wealth and freedom. So sit back with your cup of coffee and your Danish and listen in while we talk about some special tax, estate planning, and business planning topics and then bring our special guest on in the second half of the show. Blueprint for Wealth is brought to you by the law firm of Odin, Feldman, and Pittleman, located in Fairfax, Virginia, serving the entire Washington, D.C. metro area with clients all across the country. And by the way, we'll be moving to Reston at the end of August, so stay tuned for that announcement. Also, I invite you to subscribe to my blog, blueprintforwealth.org, where you can find articles, videos, and audios of interest in areas on tax, estate planning, and business planning. And lastly, please check out my Washington Business Journal column, Blueprint for Wealth, the first Friday of every month. Today, we're going to be talking about severance pay. First of all, why an employer might want to provide severance pay to its employees and what to expect in severance pay packages typically. Severance pay is money that an employer might want to provide to an employee who's leaving the the job. Normal circumstances that can warrant severance pay include layoffs, job elimination, and also a mutual agreement to part ways for whatever reason. Severance pay usually amounts to a week or two of pay for each year the employee provided service to the company. For executives, severance pay may even constitute up to a month's pay for each year of service. And for senior positions, severance pay may be dictated by an employment agreement. In some cases, severance packages might also include extended benefits like health care and medical benefits, and also uh, an employer may desire to provide what's called outplacement assistance to the executive where the executive needs help in looking for a job. Now, what is an employer required to to pay in terms of severance, and what can an employer pay? First of all, no law requires an employer to pay severance pay. The Fair Labor Standards Act does require that an employer pay an employee whose employment has been terminated their regular wages through the termination date and for any time that the employee has accrued. This normally includes accrued vacation, but typically not sick days. But severance pay is totally up to the goodwill of the employer unless the employer is obligated to pay under an employment agreement or contract or by a severance policy that's stated in the employee handbook or elsewhere in writing. Because of the way unemployment compensation is calculated, in most states, paying severance in a lump sum during one weekly paycheck may be in the employee's best interest. It reduces the employment compensation in the week that it's paid, but it enables the employee to collect the full amount of unemployment compensation going forward. If severance is paid weekly over time, unemployment compensation may be reduced each week. A laid-off employee may try to negotiate more salary and benefits than the employer offers in his or her severance package. In doing so, though, the departing employee technically has turned down the employer's offer, and this legally allows the employer to offer no severance pay under those circumstances. 
But assuming you're asking the employee to, to sign a release of all claims against the employer, for example, you want the employee to release the employer from any claims of wrongful termination, of age discrimination, or any number of claims that may arise in the term of employment. And assuming that you are asking them to sign this release in return for the severance pay, then I would technically want you as the employer either to tell the employee that the offer is not negotiable, which is recommended if you're laying off other employees, by the way, or you can negotiate, especially in circumstances where there's no written company policy regarding severance and there's no past practice of providing severance to employees when they leave the company and there are no promises contained in any employee handbook or elsewhere in writing. In return for severance pay, you as the employer should require an employee to sign a release. It frees you from all potential lawsuits in the future relating to the employment of that individual. Without severance pay, there's no reason for an employee to sign and release you from all claims. So giving them severance pay is what we would call consideration for the release. Obtaining the release is important in a world in which anyone can sue you at any time for any reason or no reason at all. Remember, to obtain a separate release from employees who are over age 40, that includes a release from age discrimination suits. And adhere to the timelines required in your state and under federal law as well. For example, in Virginia, an employee has 21 days to decide to sign a release and accept the severance pay. Once they sign the release, the employee then has an additional seven days during which he or she can renege on the agreement. They just can't keep the severance pay under that circumstance. To provide severance pay to a departing employee is a kindness on the part of the employer. It's not an obligation unless it's in writing as such. And it may be a legal necessity in the era of lawsuits. In other words, if you want to get a release from the employee, you would probably want to provide them with some severance pay. The departing employee receives pay that will supplement his or her unemployment compensation and cushion his or her standard of living while searching for a new job. Since many times a person's employment is terminated through circumstances external to the work, the provision of severance pay is a positive and supportive gesture not only for the people that are leaving, but also for the people that stay behind. Now, what should you as an employee expect in a severance package? First of all, there should be a written company policy if there is going to be a severance pay policy. And in that policy, it's going to outline what the purpose of the plan is. For example, to provide assistance to employees while they seek other employment. It also may say that it only applies in certain cases, like in the event of involuntary termination without cause or a reduction in force. The plan's purposes also should state where it will not be paid. For example, it may not be paid if you're terminated for cause. How is severance calculated? And how will the calculation apply to all covered employees? Or will the calculation differ by work group? That's an important consideration. Is severance paid in a lump sum? Is it paid with a regular payroll as time passes? This is also an important consideration in the severance plan. 
Also, what if any documents have to be signed by the terminating employee? I just mentioned that an employer who wants to protect itself from lawsuits from the terminating employee is going to ask for a release of all claims, a hold harmless, essentially, uh, from the employee. That's good practice, and it's probably something that every employer should employ whenever they are having any kind of severance policy. Also, the plan should state whether or not health care benefits will be continued outside of the regular COBRA coverage that is required under federal law. An employer must give an employee 18 months to participate in the plan, but they don't have to pay for it. The employee may be asked to pay for COBRA coverage after termination of employment. But the employer could provide, as an additional benefit under the severance plan, the ability of the terminated employee to have the company pay the premiums for the terminated employee. Also, what happens if the company is sold or merged? The severance may not be paid unless the employee is involuntary terminated after the merger or acquisition transaction. Other items that could be covered in a severance plan, payment of accrued and accruing vacation, as I mentioned earlier, and eligibility for outplacement. Typical severance pay benefits include the, the following. If there's no collective bargaining agreement, no union, the company, again, is under no obligation to provide severance, but it may include one week of pay for each year of service, typically up to a maximum of 24 or 26 weeks, which is four months worth of potential severance. Typical salaried Non-union severance benefits are two weeks' pay for each year of service, up to a maximum also of four months or 26 weeks. The executive severance payments that I've seen range anywhere from six months to 12 months, and in some cases under the employment contract may extend as long as two years. If involuntary termination is part of a group reduction in force, meaning that a whole bunch of people are going to be laid off because not because they've done something wrong, but because the company needs to cut back on the number of employees to save money, save costs, save benefits, etc. It's most unlikely that an employee is going to be able to negotiate a different severance package from what's being offered to the group as a whole. If the involuntary termination is an isolated event, in other words, the individual is being terminated, either by mutual agreement or just without cause for whatever reason, depending on the grade level of the employee and the surrounding circumstances, there may be wiggle room for an employee to negotiate, but typically not much. And again, the the issue dealing with employment and severance is the following. Virginia, Maryland, and D.C. are what we call at-will employment states. So an employer has the ability to terminate an employee at will, and the employee has the ability to terminate his or her employment. There's no right to severance pay unless the company expressly provides for that right or by practice has done so in the past. If you have any questions about 
employment law or labor practices at your firm or your rights as an employee, please give one of the attorneys at Odin, Feldman, and Pittleman who specialize in employment and labor law a call at 703-218-2100. The department is headed up by Tim McConville. He's our partner in charge of our employment and labor practice, and he'll have somebody help you with your needs in that regard. I'm Wayne Zell, and you're listening to Blueprint for Wealth.